Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. On this week's Stop Hammer Time, the first of the new season, we talk about the Manchester City game. Uh, Jim, Jim, you say that the season is over. Uh, there's nothing to play for after that game. It was all a disaster. I disagree. So once we get into it, there'll be fireworks. I've bought fireworks. We're going to let off some fireworks in here. Probably slightly ridiculous podcasting, but there will be fireworks. Pellegrini. As his time at the club come to an end, it's a disaster. Jim, you think so. I disagree. After the <laughs> went three start, there'll be... It's gloves off. I'm taking my gloves off because it's easier to hold this ice cream without gloves on. Jim, you're typing a novel. That's easier without gloves. Though we are handling fireworks, and so we should probably have gloves. We are taking our gloves off in, in, in homage to Adrienne. Of we are, exactly. Also coming up, good things. Are they good or are they bad? Jim says that good things are bad. I disagree. After, after the break, we're going to take these to task and beat them around the face. So that's it from the... That's what's coming up in Stop Hammer Time. We've, got, we've hit one minute and ten. We're running behind schedule, Jim. We're behind the schedule. Let's start this podcast. Jim, we went to a game of football at the weekend. We did. Do you remember? Uh, just about, yes. It was a, I've yes. tried to expunge it from yes, my memory. Yes, it was memory, a five-goal thriller. Uh, it was a, a five-goal thriller. <laughs> Was. Though unfortunately, the five goals were all on one side, so that's less thrilling than than when there than if it was say three two. It was mildly depressing actually in the end, wasn't it? To be honest. Now I had to uh, uh, make a prediction. We both made predictions for the game. Uh, yeah. My head said three one. My heart said two two. Jim, you went for three one as well. I thought we'd I lose three one. Two two. Uh, but actually, we were both tragically wrong. Yeah, we were. Yes. Now, um, what did you think? Well, I thought first half we played okay, and yes. um, although we didn't really threaten, they didn't threaten particularly, um, and they scored a very good goal. Yeah, as well done for pace down the left. Maybe maybe Antonio slow to get across the cover as well. Went um, in one nil. Well, went in one nil. But you thought, hang on, we're still in this. You know, we're in this game. And then I thought the second half was a poor performance. I was I was I was disappointed Strange, with the intensity the lack of intensity which I think you've mentioned uh, um, right from the go the 
right from the go, right from the whistle in the second half, uh, the crowd was quite muted. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the game felt very underpowered. Uh, somewhat muted as well, and then it was, we were almost, almost waiting it, it, for a goal. It felt like every substitution made us made us worse in the context of that game. Yes, Antonio, his pace was was you know a, a worry for them in the first half. Not quite sure if that was tactical. That's a really puzzling uh, substitution. Uh, yeah, and I, mean, I felt I think... that you know we were not. I think you know we 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 were too open. I think if we if, looking back at the game overall. If our plan is to hit them on the break, I think we need we needed to perhaps sit a bit deeper and and, and, and give them less space to play through the midfield. Um, uh, it's not a, it's an unfam, it's not an unfamiliar story, is it? Us no. being you know bullied out of a game in midfield. No, that well, that's Rodri another blow, thing. We were we were bullied us. We were bullied out of the game. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Just to finish that thought, the substitutions didn't really seem to uh, improve us in any way. I mean, they were. Um, there's a lot of scope for like for like substitutions with this squad we've got, aren't there? And mm. there's not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's quite good. If you've got a team that plays a certain way and you can bring another fresh pair of legs on to almost mm. do exactly what the previous mm. player was doing, that's all right. Mm. The first one was, um, you know, Antonio what he gives you is is a physical presence and he's slightly you know i think they're worried about him because he's a big lad and yeah. uh, um he's got a bit of pace he's strong and uh, there were a couple of times when he broke a couple of tackles weren't there yeah. and and uh, um that went in the second but, half but with no yarmolenko on the bench there wasn't really and even that's not you can argue entirely like for like he's a bit of a one-off Antonio yes. he? he's a bit of a yeah. loose cannon in a way but yeah. you know that's part of his of his appeal I think and his strength so um, Fornaus is is like Lanzini in a way isn't he he's that yes, like, he's very seen, similar player yeah, um, yeah. playmaker you know good 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 in possession but you know not going to bring that physical physical presence um it was a decent performance in the first half. I thought that uh, what happens a lot is that Anderson takes a while to get going in a game of football. He did at Spurs away. You know, he, yeah. he as we've said quite a lot on this podcast, he's not a sort of extrovert footballer. He doesn't really grab a game by the scruff no. of the neck. He can produce something. Uh, what's, you know, what, what he does do and, and, and what, causes some people to kind of criticize him is that he sort of switches on sometimes doesn't he He is quite quiet for huge passages of the game and that's where the myth that he doesn't track back doesn't tackle doesn't do that sort of comes from because in fact he does do all of those he things does, but yeah. um but he's often very quiet and just does his job and then he'll turn on and produce a kind of a fantastic cross or a fantastic ball in um he was quiet for the first half of the first half he sort of hugged the touchline it feels like he does his job quite often he's told to stay Swap on the sides part way through the he's, first half and, and looked better and when he was on the left exactly didn't he? he got more yeah. involved yeah. sort of halfway through the first yeah. half when they switched sides yeah. and um uh i thought alair was good i thought his touches in the first half all looked you know Classy. I mean, he yeah. didn't give the ball away. He held it up. He could link, bring, play, bring people into the into the game. He faded a bit in the yes, he in did. the second yeah, half, yeah. but he became more isolated. We 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 just didn't connect with him very effectively. No, no. Apart from that one, you know, we had a, the double save. We had that one chance. We did, which was a gr- a decent ball in from Fornells. Yeah. Um, one of the things we said was that the crossing was disappointing when we did get into yeah. positions. 
Um, Fredericks in particular, I think, was at fault yes, a, a number yes. of times for overhitting or just kind of un, sometimes underhitting balls, you know, balls into yeah, the box. He get into the position, but Fredericks uh, you know. got to the um, got to the byline and. Some of his crosses were a little just a daisy cutter just along the cross. You know, it's just know, we need yeah. better quality at that point. Uh, and there was a bit of a final ball problem. Yeah. There was yeah. a little bit of a final ball problem. Uh, Antonio, obviously, he he managed to get into a really good position and just overhit it massively. Overhit it. It went out for throw in, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and there were a couple of times when. I mean, it's completely different, but effectively, it's actually the same result. Was a, a, there were a couple of seasons ago, um, possibly Billich's last season, where I remember saying on this podcast, "Your game plan in playing West Ham United may as well be just stand as still as statues. They will pass it amongst themselves, and then they'll just miss hit a pass to one of your players without any pressure on the ball. They were just and and actually that sort of happened a couple of times on Saturday when you know there's a nice sort of passage of interpassing play that ended up in perhaps a ball played. I saw Rice do it and I saw um, uh, Balbuena do it. A ball to, I think, Allaire to his feet that's so telegraphed that everyone yes. can see it and he's yeah. being closely attended yeah. by a big central defender. So yeah. the move ends, you know, yeah. uh, and and... That happened a few times. We sort of, our interplay and passing was good, but ultimately we ran out of ideas. And our final ball, we we almost lost patience with just keeping possession. Yes. and that's you know that's uh, and we we take too long. We take you know there's there's still a, a, a case of sort of dwelling on the ball. I think um, what was for me one of the most impressive. And we know how good they are, you know, in, in the attacking end of the pitch. But one of the most impressive things about their play was under pressure when we were pressing them quite effectively in fact in the at times in the first half generally speaking they were so comfortable in possession at the, at the back yeah. even the keeper just knocking it about until eventually they'll find someone in space and and that they'll carry the ball out or pass it out you know yeah they, absolutely they, you kind of press them but it's really hard to keep to put them under pressure yeah that's um, right you know, um, and that's just they've just got quality everywhere haven't they you and uh, and we we were just about to get on to saying we were quite bullied you know yeah, this new I, guy that yeah. got Rodri um, you know has just hit the ground running yeah. uh, in the Premier League he really came in like top dog yeah. and kicked a lot of our guys up in the air well you the know. constant niggly fouling yeah. is just a feature of their game that, that you know when Arsenal were being really successful under yeah. Wenger it was a major feature well, of their George game Graham, yeah. they were just well I mean it was just Wenger as well I mean they they little niggly fouls it's just part of the culture of that at that club at the time and now it's very much part of the culture of of Man City and of course you know they can even if they get yellow cards they can wear it with the squad they've got they can wear it over a long period of time it was extraordinary um, though that the, when the yeah. first yellow card came out it was oh, for us you yeah. couldn't believe it I yeah. mean that um, yeah. Rodri guy you yeah. know the fans were just baying for the referee to yeah. pull a card out but he didn't because it was Manchester City it's Some, somebody made a point after the game in the, in the, in the pub that, that in rugby rugby union the referee in that kind of situation where there's constant tugging and pulling and little kind of little infringements would go to the captain and say, right, you know, one more, the team commits mm-hmm. one more. Don't care who it is, even though it's not a, a, a yellow card offence in itself, you, you'll get a yellow card because, yeah. and that's, and I think that would, that would be a, a law 
to bring into to football that would improve things absolutely enormously. well you know var yeah. is uh, something else we'll talk about because that played yeah. a, a big uh, part of the game i mean to sum up my thoughts about about second half i i, I felt we would i felt we were tactically we lacked intensity but we were also tactically naive i mean the, the, you know when you're, when you're when you're playing those those clubs you've either got to do what he did in the away game last year if you remember mm. which is to sort of set up and say we're going to absorb pressure and we've got the pace and threat to hit you on the break which in fact is what they did in the first I know they were playing the reserves mm. but they did in the um, that pre-season game in China in the, in the first half yeah. it was sit back and hit them on the break or you're going to be really really intense and in their faces the, the, yeah. the, the, the whole time and that you know that's that's very very difficult to sustain so I feel you know we we were exposed I think and um, we've got to learn from that because um, you know uh, we're, we're going to face we're going to face teams that will bully us in midfield if we're not careful absolutely we'll be back after this message welcome back this podcast is supported by match pint match pint two of my two of my favorite words yes, jim i think words pint. words that have, yeah. have been a, a kind of a creed for me because yeah. i'm a pyromaniac and a blood <laughs> and a blood donor. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, Matchpoint. Now, Matchpoint is an online and mobile service which shows sports fans what game is being televised in which pub. Quite good. Wherever they are on their computer or via their iPhone, uh, it's your best mate for sport. And uh, they have designed the Budweiser Premier Predictor, uh, the perfect game for sports fans, where you can win beer tickets and many more prizes. Uh, so. Call it, they say there's a call it, challenge, win. Call it, you make your prediction each round on the televised Premier League game. Challenge, take on your mates or your family for bragging rights and join Super Leaguers like the Stop Hammer Time League uh, to take on presenters and other fans. And win, a perfect prediction will win you a Budweiser and points for all your predictions will win a monthly prize like Premier League match day tickets and much more. Uh, there's a free beer for the first weekend, uh, a launch offer, and I think we go to the Stop Hammer Time Facebook page for those things as well, but yeah. there will doubtless be Good. ways uh, on our Twitter I, account. Stuff, I've, got, I've, got be... I've got it. I've got the app have on, my, oh, on, my, on my smartphone. Your smartphone. I, yes. do have a, uh, I do have a smartphone, yeah, Jim. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, have, I have one have of those you? as well. Have yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. I'm, um, not, uh, I'm not a dinosaur, Jim. Well, I've done my first little prediction. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've done oh, that. Yeah, I done can't it. remember what Excellent. I predicted. Right, I don't right. think they were very impressive. Yeah. I'm not very good at predicting. You're much... You, with your, with with your my... almost sage-like yes. Yes. capacity yes. to... Uh, to yes. yeah, Like Tiresias of I Greek I think I myth. predicted the... Did I predict yeah. the 4-1 Watford? You, uh, Watford, you did. Yes. Yeah, Watford yeah. won West Ham 4. Yes, I think yeah. you did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, VAR was a big uh, factor in that game. Yes, it, it was. And... Um, yeah. uh, um, I mean... In the World Cup, I felt it massively slowed games up yep. and was just... And, and there was a mantra that it's going to get better, it's going to get better. Well, it's, 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 you know, teething troubles at the front moment. They're, they're not necessarily finding the right, right times to use it. It's, it should be used in when the game is stopped anyway and stuff like that. But um, um, interesting, I mean, you know, th- there were two goals that VAR had a look at and they were both sort of level. And the second one looked like a bit of Raheem Sterling was offside, though he was basically level, as much as the first one that was given, given it was offside. It his shoulder, wasn't it? Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. Both, of, both of those looked, 
You could have given the second one because yeah. a little bit of him seemed to be in front of our defence. I'd like the law to, to be there should be kind of daylight between them now for offside mm. because because to all intents and purposes those things are level. Um, you know, uh, the technology is probably reliable in terms of where you know where the where they draw the lines or whatever. But actually, the exact moment the ball is touched yeah. by the boot of that, I mean, the microsecond where that. Yeah ball is kicked can you can you know can you isolate that i think you know the whole point was it was it, it, it was there it should be there to rule out really really glaring errors things mm, that are mm. just clear injustices yeah those marginal offsides one way or another i don't think you could blame officials on the on the field for for getting those uh wrong and i think you're just going to make linesmen feel as though well then i'm, ne- I'm never going to I'm never going to flag for it because it's always everyone is going to get this checked. This go to so yeah, that's right. So I I really feel that you should always go with the on-field decisions unless one senses that there's a real. So that's why I'd prefer a kind of coach's challenge type or a decision review type system they have in sort of yeah. cricket or American football. What's infuriating um, about you know. kind of VAR in uh, sort of penalty situations is that quite often it just proves that there was a touch, and we all know there was a touch. What we're yeah. arguing about is that the bloke dived. Yes. And so in a way, it just serves to vindicate uh, the bloke who dived because they yeah. go, ah, oh, you say there wasn't a touch. And I was well, there was a touch, there was a touch. And, and then, you know, there is always contact in front And also, you know. you know, slow motion is very, very misleading, I think, mm-hmm. in those respects. You need to see the thing in real time and the referee gets that impression, you know, in, in, in real time. I'd be in favour of, of post-match reviews of, of diving that they did say they were going to bring in, you know, well, Lanzini did, got, got, a, got a suspension. He's about the only person mm-hmm. who did. That's ever, was like, that's yeah, ever yeah. to, yeah. Um, but it's a tyranny. It's a tyranny um, uh, under which referees are kind of struggling because what I, you know, what I want to see is more initiative taken by referees, you know, more, you know, there, there seems to be a kind of a, a feeling among referees that, that, that they're going to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to, uh, take out my kind of knowledge of seeing hundreds and hundreds of football games and literally try and judge every moment as I see it. Mm. What you know, what was really annoying about um, uh, uh, the Lucas Perez uh, offside decision against Leicester is that you know a sort of a seasoned lines person and referee has seen that kind of bending your run to yes. stay on side yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. How would they? be forward with it and go oh no he was offside you're kind of going but what he's doing is that it might not have worked it might not have worked it, sometimes it doesn't work because a you know defender kind of steps up but but you know just seems to be that you know he was that's probably yeah, yeah. going to work if the, he's, he's bending his run he's doing a deliberate, deliberate thing to avoid being offside and in fact he was miles onside yeah. And the, he's the linesman still went, no. oh, no, that's offside. Yeah. It's like, haven't you seen that one? Similarly, with diving, there's that certain way a player goes down sometimes. I think it was, was it the penalty that was awarded against us up at Manchester United? Was it matter? Yeah, maybe. Just did that weird thing oh, where, yes. yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where they're just haunches come off the ground and they do a sort of mini, they basically go horizontal and fall to the ground, yes. pretending their legs have been taken away from them. You see that motion all the time and it's always a dive. That's how people dive. And the referee went, oh, he's been tripped up, as if he's never seen that in his no, life. That's right. And I think VAR uh, sort of 
cultivates that. I think it it takes decision making out of the process. Uh, you know, as you've said, sort of alluded to already. It's well, sort of going, kind of going. You, you know, if you look at if you look at spot, I mean, I, I follow cricket quite quite closely. If you if you look at what's happened in cricket, is that um, run out and stumping decisions, for example, that the, the wear leg uh, umpire um, calls on and can call in a review, they never give them. They simply never give them. They can be miles out, but they always call for the television. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's taken over completely. And I think um, where there are problems with football in that football is a fast-flowing game. It doesn't have those natural stops in it that no. it, even rugby union or uh, has um, uh, so that there's not natural points where you think, oh, well, that's a sensible place to kind of review that. Yeah. But well, the, the thing they give with the rugby union is they put the referee in control of it. So he sort of says, I'm happy with this. I just want to be clarified whether or not the ball was grounded over the line or, or, or yeah. whatever it might be. But I think, you know, when, when you've got this voice of God in the referee's ear saying, oh, no, 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 you're going to have to look at that again, I think you are undermining the authority of the, of the, of the, um, of the officials on the pitch. And they will just, they will duck responsibility. You're giving them an invitation yeah. to do it. So I don't think, I'm not against the idea of using technology, but I don't think football's got it right yet. Um, no, well, I think there's a you know there's a, just a problem with the basic kind of m- morality of the people running football. They've always focused on the wrong things. You know, since football, since after Gaza's tears and football in the 1990s became very popular, uh, and they wanted footballers to uh, give a kind of responsible, um, uh, responsible uh, example to. Uh, children, uh, they started to kind of uh, focus uh, disproportionately on minor fisticuffs and this notion of raising your hands to another player. Young testosterone-fueled blokes in their 20s will shove each other around. There's no... You know, whereas the kind of white-collar crime of diving remains completely unpunished. They can't, you know, they in fact go, well, yes, well, they should stop tripping them up then. Look, I mean, they're diving all over the place. We've got VAR to prove it now. You know, they're being tripped up. They're being tripped, you know, well, but they're rolling over 20 times. <laughs> They've been touched yeah. and are rolling over 20 times. I mean, you know. I think it will hopefully eliminate some of the really big glaring mistakes. I mean, the kind of goal you would want to see ruled out, um, the, the Liverpool one against us, last season where Milner was, you know, two or three yards offside. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't half a toe no, on the no. shoulder, you know. That's right. Um and those are the things you want to see not happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again you can't always blame officials for making making mistakes. It's the really big mistakes that you want overturned. Well and sometimes those are kind of in the build up, aren't they? I mean the, the, in a way the Lucas yes. Perez one and the Milner one are both sort of, you know, in in, in possibly the kind of penultimate phase of that move before whatever cross brings about the goal and uh you know you you once the ball's in the back of the net i think a linesman's got to kind of have the courage to say i think there might have been an offside in the move up to that you know but but once those moments have gone it's a bit like when they you know i don't know if there is a kind of a, a finite number of seconds after which you stop playing advantage you know what I mean quite often they let an advantage mm. you know there's a horrific foul in the build up to a goal but but then something you know happens and and the referee feels it's too late to pull it back now yes um but uh I think sometimes you have to pull it back because it you know otherwise you know there you can you know you're just having fouls happen um yes. but yes I mean the the one for Declan Rice's incursion was uh you just go that happens 
Every single... But they've been told, haven't they, at meetings, there were meetings, you know, player meetings with referees and whatever, they've been told it's going to be looked at. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, he cleared the, the rebound. So, uh, you know... Yeah, it's going to... Um, you can't... It's the law, isn't it? You know you're yeah. not supposed to do it. So. I suppose so. It's probably going to fade away, though, isn't it? I mean, like... The sort yes, of, yeah. You know, like... Stop, seven, they'll stop bothering about seven it. Second, yeah, the seven-second yeah. rule. I yeah, mean, that, you know, was basically went. never enforced. No, no. You know, no, it was basically some, never enforced. That's it. I mean, there are, those, there are those things that are common sense, and yeah. eventually... You know, it, it, you're just going to have penalties retaken three or four times because they always kind of basically start running into the box while the penalty takers yeah. at the end of his run up, don't they? So, yeah. I mean, it's just like I think they'll start to gently phase that out. And we've kind of suffered by being the first instance of it yeah. when, um, yeah. you know, they're uh, at their most uh, stringent. Absolutely. Um, this is obviously the first podcast of uh, uh, the season, so I suppose we have our, um, you know, summer ins and yeah. outs to talk about. Yeah, kind absolutely. of, uh, um, you know, I mean, it was uh, the huge kind of impatience of football fans was uh, was uh, slightly um, ameliorated by the fact that you know, in not signing Maxi Gomez, we just signed another one instead, who on paper certainly at least seems to be better than Maxi Gomez well he, he looks decent doesn't he he really yes. does look like the kind of player we need you know t- 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 tall enough to be a bit of a target man but but good good feet yeah he's you know a, the yeah. goal he scored uh, the, sort of the goal he set up for Wilshire in the friendly was really good to see the way he turned that guy beat, beat him to the byline and cut the ball back mm-hmm. that kind of play um, that kind of link up play the way he kind of chests the ball into, into yeah. the path of people and that kind of thing you know, I, I thought I thought it was a very promising first forty-five minutes. As I say, I think he yeah. got a bit isolated, faded a little bit. They coped with him very, very well. But um, you know, expect good things from him. And we, I think Fornells is a good player as well. I yeah. don't think you know he's he's going to take a little bit of time to adjust, as they say, to the kind yeah, of physicality yeah. of it all and the pace of it all. <clears throat> but I think um, he's he's a good technical footballer. Wilshire looked good. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. Lanzini covered every blade of grass yeah, in that game. Yeah, I mean, he, he worked incredibly hard in that game yeah. in a slightly kids football just chasing the ball around the pitch I mean he you know there there was a slight kind of level we're back talking to the game now talking about the game now it was no bad thing um you know there was a slight lack of demarcation with people's jobs aren't there because in a way Lanzini and Wilshire are not dissimilar to each other and Fornells is kind of a similar player although obviously he was playing out wide um and uh, I wonder if well, that they is... can't all play number ten. No, can that's they? right. And, yeah. and actually, our porous, our porousness in midfield, uh, uh, well, not so much porousness, but kind of getting bullied, especially by that new guy, Rodri. Um, I was wondering whether, you know, once he's fit again, they'll look at uh, Rice and Noble. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and sort of solidifying a kind of a back sort of six and making the front four very creative and, and, and mobile. No, I wonder, I, I, I don't think he's going to compromise his, his principles, Pellegrini. If he's not going to do it against Man City, it's hard to see him doing it against anyone. And I think no. we're just in for a bit of a roller coaster ride. We are going to let goals in. We are going to find teams, you know, running amok in midfield from time to time. Um, and it's going to be a bit like the animo for poor old Declan Rice at times. Mm, mm. But at the same time, I think we're going to see some lovely attacking football. Yeah. I'm sure those guys... Yes, yeah, so it's a whole click. team of fancy dams, you know, isn't yeah, it? It's like really... Yeah. So, so you can't, you know, 
There's a degree to which you can't have it both ways no. unless you have monumental amounts of money. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know there's, there's various kind of complaints about the investment and lots of discussions about net spend and so on. But in the end, I think you have to look at a transfer window and say, do we feel as though we've, we've improved in, in certain areas? And I think, I, think we, I think we feel we do. The, feel, mm. the squad feels slightly leaner and, and, and meaner. Yeah, um, we have another striker to look um, at. Yarmolenko's yeah, coming. Yeah, you know, in, in, guy in, in, looks it, as they might be yeah. a prospect. You know, and they're it, buying young, yeah. promising players, we hope. Uh, you know, they certainly might have sell-on value. You know, you sense that... Oh, and it was only ever going to happen over a number of windows, wasn't it? You sense that with Husilos and Pellegrini there, a bit of a grip is being got on the whole business of transfers, and and there's a bit of strategy and and planning going on. That's certainly how it how it started started to look. There's less stuff being leaked about yeah. um, transfers to the out to the outside world. It all feels as though it's a sort of slightly tighter run ship, and you've just got to trust. I think that things are going to come come good. Areas where we feel we're still short that weren't dealt with I still you still worry a little bit about both our left backs being I think quite I think they're good but but each of them is not quite there are missing components in each of their games um and uh, I would say the one the one out that I know some people weren't bothered about it but I was slightly disappointed slightly sad to see Obiang go and I do feel yeah. that we possibly haven't really replaced him. That, that, no. that, there, that there's a lack of. I know Wilshire is now fit, but um, and he's a kind of better on the ball. But Obiang's Obiang had, though, isn't uh, he? yeah, he's Obiang had, you know, he's big and strong legs, and and, and had put in some good shifts for us. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I think. I, I mean, I think. It seems, reading between the lines, it seemed like he wanted to go and that a move away has been on the cards for, yeah, for a, couple of, a couple of transfer yeah. windows now. So it's yeah. probably... But but finding a sort of someone kind of, you know, with perhaps his kind of build, you know, like Rodri is a big unit, you know. Yeah. Some of those midfielder guys are... They're big and strong. I just feel a physical... Know. Yeah, we just feel as though we're a little bit lightweight. It's physical presence as much as, mm, much as, mm. as, much as anything else. You know, Obiang's long legs covered a lot of ground quite quickly. He sort of, you know, he was... Uh, you know, he was a little bit more of an athlete. Jack Wilshire yeah. is not super yeah. quick. He is a noble-esque... He has um, a noble-esque turn of balance. I think we have to hope that Fabianski stays fit mm, mm. because he's already had one injury scare hasn't he because and, and clearly so, I, I think Roberto guy doesn't look no um, and he also I mean two terrible kickouts the second of which brought about a goal yeah yeah I mean yeah, and that must yeah. be the groin that's got to be wor- the groin maybe thing maybe he's worried about it protecting it a little yeah, bit when he I think kick- it yeah, must have been maybe. the groin thing you know because yeah. two in a row I mean they were within yeah. about five minutes yeah, yeah, of each other weren't absolutely. they and they were both the first yeah. one was, was yeah. could have been catastrophic the second absolutely. one was catastrophic yeah I mean he you know he caused a goal to be scored against yes. himself I mean there, there were um you know, just to sort of finally tie a knot up. There were, as we said, Fredericks put in some bewilderingly bad crosses, and we've seen him cross better than that. So there are a couple of that weren't at the races. Balbuena was tired. I thought he tired a bit. There were a couple of sloppy passes out of defence from him at the end of the game. I think, you know, there, there's still a little bit of rust to shake off from the break, you know. Well, he played in the Copper America, didn't he? Yeah. And it was late coming, later coming back. So it might be a bit tired, yeah. So maybe he didn't look great in the pre-season games that um, I saw him in. You know, Lanzini was really good, but his final ball sometimes was... was there yeah. were times when, you know, 
and actually a kind of a misplaced pass in a in a in an attack where you're really committing a lot of men forward can be a, a very disastrous yeah. turnaround. You know, it's a turnover like in you know American yeah. football, uh, where suddenly things are coming your way and you've committed a lot of men forward. And there are a couple of misplaced final balls from Lanzini that 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 put us under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if that's you know he had a long time out of the game as well. He only played in those last few games of. Um, uh, the season, didn't he? Did he play in the Copa America? Um, I don't think he did. He wasn't no, in the no. Argentina no, squad, no, no, was he? No. no. Um, so, you know, he, he's probably got a... We know already that he takes a little while to get up and running yeah. after he's been out with an injury. But I was very impressed with him. I thought he worked really hard. Yeah. You know, there's been... There was obviously a slight rumour that he was a want away as well. So in social media, there was a bit of a kind of slight... Um, changing of mood towards Lanzini but mm. I think he's a really good player mm. and uh, uh, well we've got a number coming back from you know coming out who were kind of, who are like as it were new signings you've got Yarmolenko who mm. wasn't mm. even in the matchday squad was he no um, which I hope I he hasn't got fact, yeah then you worry <laughs> I hope not because um, I think you know I think he could he could have a lot to contribute mm. um, Sanchez who I presume they think of as the Obiang replacement in some respects yeah. Um, you know, I think again, you know, we've got to hope there isn't a lot of injury to Rice because no. I'm not sure Sanchez is going no, to there on his own. Um, I haven't seen it in the preseason games. He was involved in the, the third Berlin game, which was mm. a kind of a bit of a kind of kind of defensive uh, horror show on both sides. Um, he was involved in the build-up to a goal, really impressively mm. coming forward. He scored a lovely team goal. I think it was Dean Garner who put the finish in. Um, yeah, you know, so people really uh, dislike know. him, but I mean, yeah, I haven't seen enough of him. I well, can't make my mind up about him. Notoriously crap at Villa, wasn't he? He was but... all right in those first few games yeah. for us because he yeah. came on and and actually it was really before Pellegrini had kind of found a sort of a midfield that that didn't just get turned over massively every week. And it was when he you know brought him on as a kind of holding player. Came on at the end against Arsenal, in, in, yeah. which, in which yeah. we played well and went very narrowly. Just got got the blame for the the Wolves late winner. He did, he? yeah, yeah. Um, which was a catalogue of errors. Really. And uh, Adrian has gone to Liverpool and now plays in goal for. Um, well, yeah, got, I mean, League what a turn up! You know, got 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 involved uh, straight away. Um, you yeah, know, I, have I to mean, say I think he's very... a decent signing for them, and, yeah. and uh, um, it's a shame he couldn't get sort of regular first team football somewhere. But now he's going to—I don't know how bad the injury is but, to their um, guy. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I can't quite understand how um, so snooty and dismissive people are of Adrian. I think he's a good keeper. Oh, he was a great character as well, um, and, and it's still—you know—it's still a game where you want people who have a connection with the with the crowd and mm-hmm. want that kind of charisma. You know, it's, well, it's sort of one of those things, they're slightly kind of lazy armchair punditry that he was a kind of a flapper. And uh, I, I think, I think that's, that's quite the, the, quite untrue. He's actually quite decisive. Yeah, he Sometimes it's he the wrong himself. decision. Yes. That's what happens. That's, it's, yeah. that's not flapping. That's no. deciding to, yeah. you know, he really got a huge amount of flack for one thing, which when he came out against Stoke, when, yeah. he, when he ran yeah. out against Stoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was playing behind one of the shittiest defences in the history of football at that particular point. But he was scapegoated by the fans and the manager for mm. one thing he yeah. did. Um, he caught the ball quite a lot, you know, yeah. when people punch. You know, he, mm. he caught the ball. He was fairly decent under a high ball and he was a very good shot stopper. And actually his distribution was okay. You know, I think he's quite a good keeper, Adrian. You know, he's clearly better than... Um, 
you know, uh, the the uh, Republican Ireland, Randolph, Randolph and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Joe Hart. He was better than oh, both. Oh, well, Joe Hart was a disaster. Better so. than both of yeah. those keepers. Yeah. Um, yes, and it was a shame. Fabianski is better than him. Yeah, yeah, Fabianski on top of his game is, is last than, year yeah. or two, hasn't he? So, yeah. yeah He's absolutely. better than him. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yes, I mean, he obviously did want first-team football. Yeah. It's very hard for goalkeepers, isn't it? That yeah. Cudicini guy just went from club to club being the understudy despite yeah. being a really good keeper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very odd. Um, well, I suppose we ought to talk about uh, our next game, uh, the yes. proper start of the season away at uh, Brighton. Yes. <laughs> uh, though, of course, that's not a happy hunting ground for us. Though No, and the they last got a time great result them, in their first game, yeah. so they're, they're going to be tails up, aren't they? The last time, we, um, last time we played them, we got a good result, though, didn't we? Didn't we beat them, I think? Um, sort of towards the end of last season. Uh, at home? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yes. Um, but away, we lost, we've lost the last, we've lost both, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, last year away, you know, it was we're really disappointed because right? it was coming off off the back of a bit of a revival. I think we is it we'd just beaten Man United, yeah. Home. And you really felt you know we were going to going to take a step forward, and we were just hopeless in the first half. No, well that sort and, of um, you know battered them second half to know to know. Yeah, well. it's um, a sort of it is a characteristic of uh, Pellegrini's West Ham is that yes. that we you know we do well in a game and then the next reason next game. For some mysterious reason, yes. we just don't turn up. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, in microcosm, it was a bit like that on Saturday, in which we we played really well in the first half and then came out in the second half strangely muted. Yes, and uh, you could see from you know the the crowd were very very quiet at the beginning of the second half, and not long into the second half, Manchester City scored a goal. Simply, they were muted too, but they were the more talented team. So it's sort of without. You know, some kind of guts. We didn't and make it hard enough. We didn't make it no. hard enough for them. No, exactly. That's, that's really what it boils down to. So, what do we think about well, Brighton? Brighton, what do we think? As you say, not a happy hunting ground. There'll be tails up. I mean, there's got to be a bounce back, as mm, Margie mm. would say. Um, and I think, um, I think our fullbacks will be. I'm sure he'll put Masuaku in. I hope he puts Masuaku in. Uh, Fredericks will get a bit more opportunity to get forward. Hopefully, he puts his crossing mm. boots on. A fancy Hadda to start to to make an impact. Yeah, I think it'll be tight, but we'll. I think we'll nick it. You're going to go for a two-one. Two-one. Yeah, I will go for a uh, Brighton and Hove Albion two. West Ham United four. Ah, nice. Yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a goal avalanche. That's good. Well, I think that's about. Uh, that's probably about it. I think that's, that's no probably about anything else yeah. to discuss. Well, just to mention that on the on the transfer front briefly, I, I'm hoping to get to see one or two of the women's games this yes. season, and they've they've signed a lot of kind of quite impressive looking, you know, in terms of their track record. Yeah, yeah, the kind of clubs they've come from. So they're they're obviously really carrying on, wanting to have a real real yeah. go at this this yeah. women's Super League malarkey, and yeah. they'll have that Dutch midfielder who was out the whole. Yes, playing yes. This t- Tessa Midag. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that might be, yeah, it well, might be well, worth getting along to see them. Yeah, we should get, go and see some of those games. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the one I saw, and of course you yeah. went to the final. Yeah, yeah I did, yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, that's it uh, for Stop Hammer Time this week. My name is Phil Whelans, and with me has been Jim Grant. Cheerio. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at West Ham Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.